25th Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What is up, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. <sighs> how are you <laughs> deep sigh um oh you know just uh super enjoying this uh term that i'm now um claiming suck sandwich uh that is the performance by the Columbus blue jackets um although it is kind of comforting because like when your own life is on fire it feels a little bit nice that you're the team that you love and brings you joy is also on fire. So it's a Should good I be worried? Should I be worried that you've moved from a mindset of when my life is on fire, at least I hope the blue jackets are at least bringing me joy versus the new mindset, which is apparently the congruence is comforting. <laughs> Misery loves company, I guess. <laughs> I'm nervous about that one, but yeah, suck sandwich is really fair. I think you and I like have talked about this, like, how it makes sitting down for these episodes like such a pain sometimes like when when we have a gauntlet of games that we know we're covering for an episode like we come in to today before we start recording and we promise we'll tell you how we're actually doing and all this kind of stuff but this is just raw emotion from the jump um and we're like aware that we need to cover the Pittsburgh game, the Rangers game, and the Coyotes game. We know that, right? And so, like, the Pittsburgh game, we'll talk about it, didn't go like we wanted to, too. Great. New York? Question mark? Like, <laughs> we'll talk about that, but, like, that, like you and I both, right? Like, I think, like, we're like, oh, sweet, like, recording this episode on Tuesday is going to be great because we're going to play Arizona. <laughs> big fat dub. <laughs> big fat dub. We're going to come in. I said on our episode last week, I wanted us to come away with three points in my head after we beat New York. I'm like, four points. Four points. Dope. Like, that's awesome. And so it makes sitting down to this episode suck because we're both sad. <laughs> we're both mad and upset about <laughs> this game. We are. And I think one of the things that people can take away from what all you just said is that um, for as chaotic as our, some of our episodes are, they should be amazed that we actually do have pre-production conversations and talk Correct. about what we need to cover in episodes. And so, yeah, there is planning to this circus that you tune into once or twice a week. So Correct. Surprise! And, <laughs> and the planning this time included me bringing my little studio. Although I have to say, my lighting is so much better than normal. Uh, this hotel has a lamp light that's a lamp light. What the fuck is wrong with me? A lamp that is not like aggressive, but it's like warming. Like it's like warming me a little bit, which is like nice because my lamp at home is terrible. But yeah, I'm coming to you all from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I'm here for a work training is the best way I can think to describe it, uh, which has been like top notch, cloud nine, amazing, love it, perfect, slay. I don't know any other adjectives, but I did bring my little studio and I was, yeah. thinking, I was thinking about this. I know of at least one other episode that I have recorded in a hotel. Yeah, it was when you went uh, you were doing a job interview in Missouri? Swing and a miss. It was Kansas. But, Kansas. Um, 
Hey, I was close. They're both weird states with a lot of corn. Correct. Yeah, no, I mean, and honestly, like, couldn't really tell you the difference between the two states, if I'm being honest with you, especially when you consider the fact that Kansas City is in Missouri. So I don't know, but I digress. So yes, that was going to be my little trivia question for you. It was going to be like, if you could remember where I've done this. I was trying to remember, I feel like at one point in my life, I've brought a microphone to another hotel on a work trip, but I don't know that we use it. I don't know if I, we recorded that week. I don't know. But I have to say that I think that this episode is going to be sadder than the one we were. Was there one? Wait, did you, did we record when you were down at OU? Not OU, at Miami for the fight out thing? Huh. Did Everyone we- listening is like, you guys are oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> that is not what we did when I was at, at Oxford for that conference. What did we what did we do? Well, we didn't do it. I'm confused. We got stood up by a potential partner. <laughs> oh <laughs> that's right um we did we oh, were, not that people need to know this but we were supposed to have a sponsorship meeting and they never showed up so Correct. feel sorry for us so <laughs> for every time that you hear that we're sponsored by DraftKings, just know that we've tried many another avenue. we're trying if you own a business and are out there and would like to sponsor our show please like let that. us know yeah 100 percent because we'll we'll cut you a deal. <laughs> we will. We promise to show up promptly we'll, to our assigned meeting times as well. We'll pay you to sponsor us. Actually, like no. we just want to like put your name on something. <laughs> we just want to yeah, like he's add he's speaking up beyond our means, and so I didn't uh, say it's gonna be a lot. I'm thinking like a McDouble. Mm. I think we can handle a McDouble. Maybe. I I have faith. In the although they're raising the prices at McDonald's, can we talk about that? Can this show just be about <laughs> inflation? Yeah, let me come on here, my big badass, and like <laughs> talk about the inflation at McDonald's and talk about. Okay, I, we will get back on track, but I will say that nothing has been more defeating than the fact that there is a McDonald's on my way from my apartment in downtown Grand Rapids to the Grand Valley campus, and since I have moved there in January, mind you. Mm-hmm. I was there. And actually I moved to this apartment in February since I moved to that apartment in February this McDonald's that I go to every now and again I'll stop give me a number seven combo in the morning if you don't know what a number seven combo is first of all unsubscribe second of all <laughs> it's a, a sausage burrito meal classic it's great and it has gone from like being like 550 something to then it went to like 590 something and now it's like 623 and I'm like can we stop can we calm down? It's been eight months. So basically I'm going to be paying $13.50 for a sausage burrito in 2024. So Great. I'm just bummed that the Halloween buckets are not as nice as they were when I was a child. So. Oh no, I haven't gotten one. I, I didn't get one. I haven't gotten one either because I was upset by them, but it's okay. I'll have the memories. That makes sense. That is true. (laughs) But Laura, I mean, of course, other than than the Blue Jackets being where they're at, how are things in lovely Newark, Ohio? Um, (laughs) they're kind of a shit show, but like 
you know, I think I've been alluding to that for a while. So, um, so yeah, so positive vibes, anyone, if you want to send them my way. So send them all the way over there. I mean, I don't know how much I want to like say on the show. You are totally fine. You're good. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's definitely like, like, I, I do think I understand what you're saying, though. Like, there's something, like, comforting about the Blue Jackets also <laughs> kind of struggling to find their way right now in a season of life where I think you and I both are, like, on fire. Like, that just kind of makes sense. Well, I mean, obviously, like, I think it would be more beneficial for me and my mental health and, like, all surrounding circumstances if the Blue Jackets were being consistently good because, obviously, like, serotonin, like positive vibes like all that sort of stuff but yeah it is it is kind of comforting that when like i'm having a gigantic life crisis um that they are too and i'm also considering firing my coach my coach is me and i'm considering firing myself so I don't know that I like Not that they're actually considering firing Lars, because we'll talk about that in the show, but just as a dramatic social media situation, like, I feel it. That's fair. That is fair. And and it makes sense that you do, uh, because my, oh, my, the, the roller coaster ride of this last weekend and just where we're at right now has been pretty dramatic i mean even within the games themselves i would say like it's just been so inconsistent right like it's just been you know you you start the game against pittsburgh really well you're up 3-1 it just feels great kent johnson scores his first nhl goal shout out to number 91 for that and that like just feels good like it just like you're up 3-1 against Pittsburgh at home on a Saturday night. Like, what could be better than that? And then, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just like that That feels like it's just been where we've been at the start of the season, right? Like, it's just been so up and down and up and down, and, and it's just so inconsistent. Well, and I think, yeah, inconsistent is the perfect word to describe it because literally no – situation it's it's like snowflakes like absolutely no game has been similar in any sort of way and like I think going into Pittsburgh where you're coming into a situation where we had been in games that we have made a comeback like we played two games in a row where we made solid comebacks and like everyone was really excited and like all this sort of stuff and then you go into Pittsburgh and like I think all Blue Jackets fans at this point because Pittsburgh doesn't really see us as their rival, but we see them as our rival, but it's like not really an even playing field at this point. Um, It may get there one day, but as they get old and die off and we get better, (laughs) like it'll meet in the middle, probably in 2025. Um, But you go into every sort of Pittsburgh game, especially at home with just like this, well, we'll see what happens. And then what happens is we take a 3-1 lead over the Penguins. And well, like and, and also like let's talk about the third goal too, like for a second and that 
it's right after Pittsburgh scores and makes it 2-1. And that's the kind of thing that I think, especially with a young team and the emotions of playing against Pittsburgh, like those are the kind of moments where I like hold my breath as a Blue Jackets fan because I know what that could mean. <laughs> Like that could be where the derailment happens, but then to score immediately, right? Like that's the kind of thing that it's like, oh, everything's kind of like hitting on all cylinders, right? Like you're feeling good about where this is going. And on top of that, right? Like it's Kent Johnson's goal is the third goal. And that came 14 seconds after the, the Archibald goal. Right. And so I think it just felt good until it didn't like, yeah, (laughs) I mean, and I mean, it was like not right away that Pittsburgh scored to to make it a three two hockey game, but like the period just like the Jackets were dominated in the second and third period, and it just was it fell apart after Kent's goal. It just fell apart, and it was like why? Why is like there's no reason in my right mind that like this rookie phenom that everybody is like so excited about, who everybody has been watching with bated breath for him to score his first goal. How is that not, how does that not inject energy into the building? It did into the building, but how does it not inject energy into like the lineup and make it so that that game just goes like, do you know what I mean? Like, how is that not just a launching point? So here's where I think what, well, not where we went wrong, but like you're talking about the energy part of it. And so it's, it's not that I don't think that interjected like, energy into the team the issue is is it also fueled the hate fire in the Pittsburgh Penguins because they did not want to be embarrassed by the Columbus loser jackets which is I'm sure what they call us in their locker room like they probably just, say much worse things let's be honest. I know they probably share much worse things but like I like to keep our explicit warning like to amends um but you know, so I think it also lit a fire in Pittsburgh. And in that situation, Pittsburgh is going to come out on top all the time at this point, ba- based on our two teams. Like, and you have this conversation with me all the time where it's like looking at our roster, because, you know, I like to be super positive about, you know, their chances and stuff. But it's like you look at who's the better team on paper, Pittsburgh. Like, when we talk about the New York game, the, like, miracle on ice situation, like, on paper, New York is the team that should have won that game. But, and it just, like, the moment that they got momentum, we just lost steam. Like, everyone just stopped knowing what they were doing. They stopped understanding what their positions were. And Pittsburgh ended up with five unanswered goals. Five. Yeah, not great. And I mean, in the second period alone, the Jackets outshot 16 to 6, 16 to 9 in the third period. I mean, it just was all Pittsburgh for the rest of the game after the Johnson goal. And and I think the thing that you want to see more than anything in those moments is like when you can feel that the energy is starting to dip and when you can feel that you know, things might not necessarily be going your way. Like you're hopeful that either one of your veterans is going to step up, make something happen, do something, break the game open again for the Jackets. That doesn't happen. You're hoping that 
Elvis is going to make a timely save to to really inject something into the lineup. That doesn't happen. You're thinking maybe a player like Eric Branson or Matthew Olivier, who was brought in specifically to be an enforcer, to you know engage this lineup and to protect this lineup, it maybe is going to throw some haymakers and in, in an effort to try to you know say say once you go down four three right like that's like what you're hoping for I think if you're a Blue Jackets fan is just any one of those three things to happen and they just didn't and I think we'll talk about this like a little bit more just as we discuss the Arizona game is it's like it goes back to something we used to talk about on the show I think in the first season really more than anything is like where's the pissed offness like <laughs> It's not the right word. It's not the right way to say that. But where's the anger in that kind of a situation? Because like I'm wanting my team to be pissed if they're like if they've squandered a three-one lead at home on a Saturday night against the Penguins. Like I want to see anger. Like I want to see that that spark. And I just never did. Well, and I think there's two ways that you can go with frustration. Like, and I know this from my personal life, but like frustration, like you have two options. You can be frustrated and sad, or you can be frustrated and pissed. And unfortunately, I think in this circumstance right now is that we're leaning more towards the frustrated and sad side of things because they're bump. Like we tell people all the, not all the time, but like we've brought it up before that the hype of this season is like, a little bit too high for what it's going to be. Like, yes, we've acquired some some humans that are incredible and are going to be great pieces moving forward. But, like, we're not winning the Stanley Cup this year. Like, it's just not happening. And I think that the – and to think that the players don't also read kind of into that hype too would be, like – you know, you know, they probably try not to, they try not to read things, but these are a bunch of 18 to 26 year old dudes. Like the ones, especially who are single, like are hanging out, scrolling on Twitter and Instagram, even if they don't post stuff, like they are scrolling and reading things and all this sort of stuff. And like, obviously when you have a situation like signing Johnny Goodrow like in the summer where it completely broke the hockey world. Like even Patrick Line said that he was in his apartment scrolling on his phone, like in disbelief. So like, I think that they need to move past the like sad that we're not meeting expectations into the pissed that we're not meeting expectations. Well, and especially after tonight, like, <laughs> yeah, and and we'll we'll probably touch on that point a little bit more, even even still, because I think that that's definitely where the team needs to go, and so the hope is that they will find a way to to find that hate fire, like you mentioned earlier, that the Penguins had that we just we just simply didn't, we just <laughs> simply didn't in that game, and I think you know the thing about about the Penguins game too that is unfortunate is you obviously suffer some injuries there. Like at least that, cause that's where Nick Blankenberg gets hurt is in that Pittsburgh game. Right. Or was that Mm-mm, he got hurt in New York? Okay. So Justin Danforth got hurt in the Pittsburgh mm-hmm. game. So that's a challenge, right? Like that's not ideal. And then kind of like to pivot then to, to New York, right? Like, 
then that's where Nick Blankenberg is hurt. And those are the things right now that, like, if you want to talk about two players that, I mean, I think Blue Jackets faithful would identify those two players as being two players who have been able to provide sparks to this team when they need it the most. I think Brad Larson said it best in talking about the fact that Justin Danforth is going to be out for six months at least, like, is, like, this sucks. Like, Justin Danforth's story about how he got to the NHL, the work that he's put in to be there, and and the work that he was doing this season to be a really effective player for this team. Like, he wasn't just playing third-line minutes like he did last year and finding ways to, to score every now and again. He was on the first line when he got hurt, right? Like, and, and granted, that's, you know, that probably would already be negated with the return of Patrick Laine in the, to the lineup against Arizona tonight. But that was where he was at, right? Like, he was contributing to this team in a big, big way. And losing him in that game... I, you know, maybe maybe I'm not giving enough credit to, like, the effect that that had on the game, too. I think, like, there's also the possibility, right, that, like, there are a lot of guys on this roster that probably look up to Justin Danforth. I mean, Justin Danforth is not an old guy by any means of the word, but when you look at the makeup of this team, he's old. Like, and so, yeah. like, he's probably somebody that these guys look up to and for good reason. And so it probably sucks for them, too. But I think those are the moments where, in spite of that, you have to keep pushing on. I just don't think they were able to do that without Danforth. So the thing about Justin Danforth is obviously like it is a travesty. And I think it's a tra- I think he also feels like it's a travesty that he's going to be, you know, pending if we make it into the like off season, you know, into May or whatever to play hockey, not looking great at this point, but you know, he's six months is the rest of the regular season. And you know, that's a big hit. But then you have on Sunday in the New York game, Nick Blankenberg, who we don't really have a status update on him yet. He did leave in the middle of the second period um, with an upper body injury. But like him also, similar situation to Justin Danforth. He's obviously not as old, but he is older than the other rookies. He's 24. Um, you know, it was one of these kids that has an incredible story of how he worked his way you know obviously we've talked about it before like through college into the NHL like and in the two games that he had been given prior to New York given the opportunity to play he just he was like a tiny firecracker and he, you know, he is the kind of player that plays knowing that at any moment his place on the roster could be taken. And so he knows at all times he needs to be doing his best and he needs to be pushing the people around him to do their best. And he did that. And, you know, obviously the New York game went in our favor, but I think you see that residual situation tonight against the Coyotes when (laughs) now injured Adam Boquist came in to replace him in the lineup. So it's just two very like bright spark, but lead by example players that are now either out for the whole season or out for a little bit of time. Um, Lars did say that, Nick's injury isn't as 
serious as Justin's. So, but that's still up I mean, in the air of how long. Like, yes, I mean, yes, thank God. But I mean, I, yeah, I, and it's just, let's, let's focus on the positive. Let's, let's talk about the meat of this suck sandwich, <laughs> which is, which is the game against New York because obviously that's a weird one, right? Like, I think we talked about it in our episode last week where I said, I'm nervous about this game. For one, the jackets are either like hot or cold in New York. Like when they go and they play the Rangers, they're either really good or they really suck. I don't think that they're ever really in a, in, a, in between there. Mm. And, and so I think there's nerves for me. Like they don't they, they play at five when they just finished the game the night before. So like, there's like travel time included there. There's less rest time. And then on top of that, Daniel Tarasov is getting the start, which is not to, to say as a disrespect to Daniel Tarasov, but, you know, I guess currently right now, like the, the, the understanding, right, is that like Elvis is the number one goaltender. And so obviously you go into that game on Saturday or on Sunday, excuse me, and you're like, oh, no, like what's this going to yield? And uh, it did make sense. The, <laughs> the yeah, it just like – Truly, like, and I said to you before we started recording, like, it's not that we played badly, because honestly, we played for the first time in a long time. And we talked about this a lot, a lot last season, that the Blue Jackets had a really hard time playing a consistent 60 minutes of hockey. Like, they'd have two periods where they'd be really good, or they'd have, you know, the second period would be really good, but one and three were garbage fires. Like, or, you know, one and three were great, but they did so much damage in the second period that there was no coming back from it. Like, but this was one of those rare occasions where, like, for the entire game, they, like, played a consistent level of hockey and, like, looked really good and, like, were communicating with each other well on the ice. And, you know, and for some reason, New York just... And New York's doing well. Like, New York is doing well so mm -hmm. far this season. And I think even at some points, they were looking around at each other being like, what is happening? Because for the New York Rangers to only get one goal in a game is rare in and of itself. But for them to only get one goal in a game against the Columbus Blue Jackets is like, someone go buy a lottery ticket because... That's just nuts. And I wasn't even mad that the goal was from Artemi Panarin because we were doing so well. Yeah, I mean, that's the first time that the Blue Jackets have allowed less than three goals in a season or in, the, in a game. Like, mm. like it's, it's nuts that that's how it happened. And especially when you consider, I mean, the Jackets, like, to your point, right, like, played a pretty consistent game. They were still outshot by 10 shots, right? Like, they were still, like, Daniil Tarasov had to make a lot of saves. He made 30 out of 31 saves, earned himself a first star that night, which was well-deserved, and saved almost, I think it was almost two goals above replacement, or above expected, excuse me, whereas the Blue Jackets also should probably be grateful that Yaroslav Halak was the starting goaltender for New York because, I mean, Igor Shosturkin is perhaps the best goaltender in the league, and Yaroslav Halak allowed three goals over expected. So like 
obviously i think in this situation that's a big plus for for this team to have gone up against the backup goaltender for the rangers but but yeah i mean like i think one of the things about that game that i appreciate so much is you're not necessarily obviously you're your important guys, like your Zach Orenskis, like he got involved in the scoring. He obviously scored the first goal, but people like Johnny Gaudreau, like they weren't, they weren't the ones who were leading the scoring here. You've got a goal by Andrew Peak, a goal by Igor Chinnikov, which finally, like it just felt like that was just bubbling at the surface for how long, right? Like mm-hmm. it was just a matter, it wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when. And I hope that he finds himself in a similar situation as Kent Johnson does or is currently finding himself in where it's like, just get the goal and then just play the hockey and you're going to be fine and you're going yeah. to find your goals. But yeah, I mean, those three scored the first goals for the Jackets to, to give them a three nothing lead. And it wasn't until like you mentioned, I mean, Artemi Panarin scored at the end of the second period or toward the end of the second period to make it a three one hockey game. But I mean, pretty solid, first 40 minutes for the Jackets. Yeah, and then you kind of waver a little bit in the start of the third period because obviously we have PTSD from the night before where the Blue Jackets had a 3-1 lead over the Penguins and you're like, all right, so like are the wheels going to come off in this circumstance? Well, 20 minutes for the Rangers to score two goals. It's not unlikely. Yeah, I mean that's like pretty... And trust me, they tried. I mean, they definitely tried to. It's just that Tarasov had a really good night and we managed to get two additional goals um, in that third period. And it it was, yeah, it was just, it was one of those things where you're like, all right, like I'm not really a religious person, but I am spiritual. And Jeff tweeted out, um, Jeff Svoboda tweeted out at the end of that game, like, the last Blue Jackets goaltender to have this kind of success in Madison Square Garden was Matisse Kublenix. Um, And so to give that sort of, to have that energy and to have that there for Tarasov, who was also making like his debut at Madison Square Garden, like is really like, I literally tweeted from our account, like Jeff, I did not want to cry today. Over yeah. that, anyway. I definitely did cry that day, but um, that was over other things. <laughs> um, but so, you know, so there is that like added bonus to it, but it just like on paper didn't make sense. And I think that's how we get to today <laughs> and to yeah. the situation against Arizona. Um, and I, and I also think it's something to be said, too, that, like, you can't – the Blue Jackets cannot think that any team is a bad team in this league. Like, truly at this point, Lars should be – you should, pay, like, plaster it up on that beautiful new locker room of those uh, – of theirs where it says, like – every team you're playing against is the reigning Stanley cup champion. Like every single team, because that's what, that's the energy that they need to play with. Yeah. But yes. <laughs> Especially this team, right? Like being a young team, like it's just like the fundamentals of it is just like the compete level just has to be high every single night, because if the compete level isn't high every night, then you know, what won't happen. 
you won't get to win any money on DraftKings. Especially if you're betting on the Blue Jackets because it's – and they were probably the favorite tonight too, rough. But <laughs> hockey fans, as you all know, it's finally back. And uh, it's time to hit the ice again. And thanks to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for a season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. So Jackets have got a couple coming up. They've got a big one against Boston on Friday. They've got another against New Jersey this weekend. So if you want to get in on the action, especially that New Jersey game, that'll be interesting to see what the lines are there. Um, you, you might want to check it out. And, and if those games aren't enough excitement on their own for you, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. So you can combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash at any time whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So... I do hope that nobody put money on the jackets on <laughs> Tuesday night against the Coyotes. It probably felt like a safe bet, but it felt probably even like a, a safer bet given the lineup changes. So we mentioned Justin Danforth was hurt in the Pittsburgh game. So Liam Foodie steps in for him on, on, on Sunday against the Rangers. Then we get news that a good friend of ours, Patrick Laine, uh, he's no friend of ours. We don't know Patrick Laine. Yes. From out. That's true. Yeah, we, we don't know him yet. But uh, um, he returns to the lineup on Tuesday. And so, like, you have to be fired up if you're a Jackets fan when you see that news come out. It's earlier than than you would expect. And I mean, I it's, mean, like, way earlier. Like, a solid 10-plus days earlier than expected. And he yeah. was also still – I don't know how many people knew this, but he was also playing with a brace and a wrap on tonight. So, like – we're still pushing like the limits here a little bit with Patty, but I was can I, shocked. But can I ask you this before we get into the game breakdown? Mm. What is the motivation in theory, right? Like in theory, you think you are a better hockey team than the Coyotes. I think you can make that argument with or without Patrick Line. Right. What is the motivation? To put him I, back in the lineup tonight after Liam Foodie had a two-goal night. When you could right. use these days. Not that I think, please, before anybody overreacts, I'm not saying that Patrick Line shouldn't have a lineup shot over Liam Foodie. But what I am saying is, if you're playing the Arizona Coyotes and you know that your next game isn't until Friday, is there value in taking those extra three days to not have him play tonight? Right. And I think that was, at least in my thinking of it, I was like, we're, we're picking this game this week. And I don't know if that was, again, it was like the mindset of like, this is going to be an easy win for us because it's Arizona. And so like Patty can get out there and like, can, you know, start gelling with Johnny and Boone again so that they're ready. They're more prepared on Friday when Boston is in town. Cause obviously that's going to be a bigger situation. Cause Boston also likes to beat us royally um and so but it was also confusing because they didn't practice today before the game 
So Patty was going into like, they didn't do like a full practice. And so like he was going into it pretty, pretty cold. And it just, it didn't quite add up. And I just think that with what the schedule looks like coming up, because obviously with Boston on Friday and New Jersey on Sunday, but then they're literally flying like out on Sunday night to head to Finland to face off against the Colorado Avalanche, like like back to back. So I don't know. It just didn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense to me, but I know for sure that they're going to be practicing every single moment leading up to playing Boston on Friday. Yeah. I mean that, and that's going to be an interesting matchup because uh, oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. But, yes. but yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm happy that he played. I'm happy that he's back. It's just one of those things that was the first thing that came to my brain. I was like, yay, but why? <laughs> yeah, no, it's great that he's back. It's great. And obviously you we've talked about this before when he first got injured is like, we knew that Patty was going to be motivated to come back as quickly as possible. Cause obviously he wants to be able to play in Finland and well, he wants to be able to play in general, but like he really wants to be able to play in Finland. Um, and so it was, it was awesome. But like you said, with Foodie having two points in New York, like I would have left him in for Arizona and then just let them practice a lot between today and Friday to get Patrick back in the groove. Um, but I'm not a coach. I do not make coaches money. And they would not ask me. But it is great. And everyone was super pumped. And his outfit was both beautiful and complicated. Which feels <laughs> a lot like Patrick Lyon, just like as a human. Like so beautiful and complicated. And complicated. Um yeah, I mean I I just think that you know you go into this game and and maybe that's part of it too, right? Like maybe that's part of the story here is like there's so much excitement, I think, in in getting some of the the lineup back to where you want it to be ideally with Patty being able to be on a line with Johnny. And maybe the way that game starts is really deflating. Like I would imagine and hope that it was in some ways. Like I hope that that wasn't how they expected to start that game. Because it was just big bad. Like, it was just bad. It was just bad. Like, there's not really, like, this isn't to me, like, obviously toward the end of the game, you get a couple back. And the energy changes a little bit. And it's, like, weird energy. But in, like, reality, right? Like, this wasn't a game where the Blue Jackets ever really looked good. And you can't, like, you can say, like, you can say that Pittsburgh game was shitty especially toward the end, but it, it, there were moments where the jackets looked good. They nary a moment (laughs) where, where they looked good against Arizona. And I think that that's the part that is like the most alarming to me is like, how does that happen? Like how, how do you not have at least a spark? Yeah, how in 48 hours from one of the best games that they've played not just this season, but like part of last season too in New York and come home to your home crowd 
And it's like an entirely different team. And there was just, it was, it was like herding cats most of the time against Arizona. Like people just seemed like they weren't in the right place. Like they weren't moving. Um, They were standing like pretty still on the ice, which if you know anything about hockey, like you need to be moving your legs constantly. Like, and like just be in motions because the puck is always in motion. Um, that's your little lesson for today, if you weren't aware. Yeah, but <laughs> but they just seemed like they were lost, and they weren't like the the lines that had done well on Sunday were no longer doing well. Now, yes, granted, you know Adam Boquist came into the to the roster tonight for Nick Blankenberg. And obviously Patrick line, came in for Liam Booty, but like, honestly, you shouldn't, I mean, maybe more so with Adam Boquist, but like, you shouldn't really be concerned that those two people came into your lineup. Like those should be people based on your con based on their contracts and previous, you know, performance you shouldn't be worried about those two people coming into your lineup like so it didn't make any sense and of course and I'm sure we're gonna see this all over social media um what we did tonight but also tomorrow but like just Tarasov didn't look comfortable like in the net like he so quickly got scored on in the first period that it just everyone looked like they didn't remember that they were hockey players yeah i mean here's the thing no disrespect to the player he's obviously a much better hockey player than i ever will be but why do we make shane gossespierre look like wayne gretzky tonight like that's like the thing like that just like doesn't make any sense to me like I like it was just bad like and and it doesn't like i think if you take a look at at the box score and and you avoid looking at the, the vinyl score, right? You look at it and you see, okay, you know, I mean, the Jackets outshot the Coyotes 33 to 19. They controlled the faceoff circle 53 to 46, out hit them. They had, they had 24 hits to, to 14 for the Coyotes. You know, uh, the Coyotes had to block a lot of shots, but the Jackets had, had, 11 takeaways. Granted, they had 10 giveaways, which was not great. But you look at this and you think, okay, we outshot them 11 to 4 in the first period, 14 to 4 in the third. And yet, <laughs> it, that doesn't paint an accurate picture of what this game was. And I think that that's why, like, looking at these stats and like reciting that to you all wouldn't be useful. Like, there's not like those, like, that did not align with how this game felt the entire time. And like, I don't get it. And, and you know, I, I made this joke to you earlier, but like, what's the kryptonite? Like, what is the thing that doesn't let this team to perform well? I just don't know what it is. Like, I just don't know, like, when in moments like this, like, what is the thing? Like, is it, I mean, coming from somebody who played sports, right? Like, I, for folks who maybe haven't listened or started listening later in the show, I grew up playing football. I played football through high school. Like I 
team sports are, are very much a part of my life and important to me. When I think about my coaches, when I think about like how they were able to motivate me in moments like this, like they were able to help to identify like what the things were that needed to be activated to to really drive the team forward, right? There, there was always leadership. And if it wasn't from the coach, it might have been from a captain, right? Like it might have been from and, and like that's what we need in moments like this. So I am far, far away, I think, from being this whole like team fire Brad Larson. Like, let's not get there. Because here's the other truth, folks. I'm like 99.9% sure coaching contracts are always really strange because they're usually a lot more discreet than than that of, you know, a player or what have you. I'm 99% sure that Brad Larson was hired on a two-year contract. So this is technically his contract year. So I like, thought it was a three-year contract. Maybe it was. I don't know. I thought it was two years for some reason. But nevertheless, right, like there's obviously an evaluation period here already like so it's one of those things where it's like i hear the like idea of like fire red larson and the other like i like recognize your frustration i don't want to super invalidate your frustration because i get it but (laughs) like like let's pump the brakes on that a little bit and like let's like also like don't get me wrong the fact that this team has zero power play goals eight games into the season terrible i get that patrick line has been out of the lineup but when you have players like Johnny Goudreau, Zach Wierenski, power like being your quarterback on the on the first power play unit, like when you've got these players, you should not be not scoring on the fucking power play. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I don't know how to not keep that from being rated R. What the fuck? Like, I just don't get that part. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Also, that we have a shorthanded goal. Now, granted, the penalty kill has been very good. We also have a shorthanded goal against, for what it's worth. True. So but... we were, like, still net zero on the power play. No, I understand. But what I'm saying, just take that part of it out. But, like, how we have somehow gotten a shorthanded goal, but we, out of 18 power play opportunities, we have not been able to score. Like, we are the only team the only team in the league that has yet to have a power play goal. And it just is weird. And something that I told Jeremy, I was listening to the post game interviews tonight before we started recording. And I was like, I was listening to them on the radio because I had to shower. And I told him, I was like, (laughs) everyone giving a post game interview sounds defeated like they just sound like they got punched in the face and then had a microphone put like right up in there and but one of the things that we talked about a lot when Patrick came here is that Patrick in Winnipeg had this like mentality of he was a star and like he didn't really know like yet how to be on a team that was like everyone has to contribute like everyone has to be like part of whatever situation we're in um and they brought this up to johnny in the like do you think that you need to step up and be more of a leader on the team and he was like yeah, I'm I'm coming to realize the fact that like this is a situation where like more he's like Boone is doing everything that he can as the captain 
but he's like, I clearly have, you know, much more experience over, you know, a lot of the team. And so I think even for Johnny too, you know, I don't know much about what it was like, obviously it was successful for him in Calgary, but like, I don't know much about um, how that was. And he, you know, is very great on the ice and didn't have the like transition in that way, like Patrick did. But I think tonight was an eye-opening situation for him where he was like, I have to be more vocal and I have to be like more communicative with everyone else on this team because I have a knowledge level that can help and everyone has to be a part of whatever amount of success that they're going to have. That was a lot of rambling. (laughs) No, I I mean, I feel like I've done my fair share in this episode too. You're all good. I, I think you're exactly right. Like it has to be everybody. Like we're just not, even with the Johnny Goudreau's and the Patrick Laine's and the Zach Wierenski's, right? Like we're just not a team that is built to be like star driven in that way. And maybe that's, maybe that's like where this team needs to go. Like maybe, maybe that is the, it's not necessarily, I think like what any of us would describe, like, especially like us Columbusites, which I still hate the fact that that's like what we're called. Um, Like, like, that's just, like, not how we identify. Like, we don't really identify with this idea of, like, there ever being, like, this, like, one star that, like, leads us to greatness. But, like, maybe maybe that is. Like, maybe that is the direction you go in. I don't know. It's That's a bigger philosophical conversation. And, and I don't know that I even love it as I say it. But, like, it's just one of those well, things. And if that is, because obviously, like, we're, and sometimes I want to just scream this on, on social media, but I refrain is that like the acquisition of Johnny and the re-signing of Patrick and like some of these other things did not put an end to the rebuild. Like I know I touched on it earlier, but like it it simply did not. And like there was structural issues before that that they were working on. And obviously these acquisitions are going to make us a lot better but I think even if they're not heading in that direction the like one star leads us to you know whatever like one star leads us method and they're but they're still transitioning to like some other version there is six basically seven years of unlearning for this team to do in order to restructure that because everything under torts from my understanding was everyone is involved you find a way every player is just as important as the next like you all work together which is great it's one of the reasons i fell in love with this team but that's a lot of unlearning to do for a franchise and they're not going to do it in three months. Cause it's been what, like three, four months since we acquired Johnny. Like it's just not going to happen three months and eight games. Like it's just not going to happen. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's might be some rough waters, unfortunately. It might be. And, and Laura, I one more thing, at least for me, in terms of this game, is that 
we might need to call this episode Say You're Sorry Part 3, Laura. What am I apologizing for? Because I distinctly remember getting yelled at by you when I said that I had concerns about Adam Boquist's injury history and how it might affect him moving forward. And you said that I was being dramatic and that Uh I was overreacting. Mm -hmm. And in the first game, he's back after being a healthy scratch. What happened? Um... He got injured. <laughs> he It's he not funny that he got injured. I'm not laughing at that. Took a puck. I'm not sure where he took a puck. Actually, no one really saw him get hurt. They just saw him go down the tunnel. Um but before I apologize, because I'm not going to apologize at first. Sure. Because I'm also a mildly superstitious person. And I felt this from some of our Twitter followers as well. Why don't we just change his number first and see if that makes it better? Because I think Ryan Murray cursed that number. And and I'm fine with that. I think, but I do distinctly remember, I think I made that correlation even about the jersey number. And you were like, no, you're being dramatic. Like, I literally think I actually did say that. (laughs) I'll concede on that half. I will half apologize. (laughs) But... If he also is a China doll after we change his number, then we can just go with the fact that he is porcelain and simply is not built for hockey. And it's just amazing that he is a defenseman. Um, Hey, I'm happy to live my life being half right. Like you half conceding there, fine by me. Works. I would rather us call this episode a suck sandwich. And we probably will. I'm I'm pro suck sandwich. <laughs> we actually this is a fun little tidbit. We like almost never talk about what the episodes are gonna be called. Laura just gets to be surprised when I show her the promo video. Yeah, truly. He always makes up what the episodes are I called. I feel like you enjoy it though. I feel like that's like a little bit of like an Easter egg fun little tidbit. It is fun for when you send me the video clip to post on socials and I'm like, oh, that's a great callback or when they're like something super sim- like super basic and I'm like oh that's because he was like trying to get this done and didn't have the emotional and mental capacity to like come up with something witty some um, of our episodes just aren't about witty enough things to like like our like that is true our like season preview was only witty because Andrew Peak and speaking like that just worked and even then I didn't even know I thought that you I didn't know, do you anything you're like, you didn't do what you said you were going to do. I said, read it again, girl. When did we spell speaking? <laughs> well, I was thinking more of like a parentheses situation where like, and, but I figured it out eventually. I swear I'm not that dumb, but no, dumb it is all. like, it is like a nice little Easter egg that I get to find out what the episodes are named. But I do want to suggest a suck sandwich. Because um, I think. I think that's funny and other people will be confused, but also think it's funny. But it's also real. True. It's so real. It is so, so, so real. But Laura, what else is on your radar? Obviously the Jackets have two games that, you know, we'll touch on briefly. I mean, Boston 
I mean, that one's going to be interesting. Nick Felino, I don't think he scored tonight. So it's three goals in seven games. Yeah, from getting uh, <laughs> from clearing waivers to having almost more goals than he had all of last season. And it's more so goals than Austin good. Matthews currently. I just can't imagine that that is going to maintain. <laughs> no. I mean, I think Austin Matthews would have a lot of things to consider if that was the case. Um, and I think that they would need to drug test Nick Felino because I just don't believe that he would be doing that without the assistance of um, things at his age and his um, physical condition. But I'm happy for him. I'm happy that he got he got called back out to the main roster, that he is doing well. I don't want him to do well on Friday. I did enjoy him in the Wario costume from their Halloween party. Yes. Yeah, that was so good. I We should have this conversation at some point, either on the show or off the show. But our friend Corinne and her friend... Um, I think it's Eden. I think it's her friend Eden, or maybe it's her friend Emily. I don't know. That does not super matter. But they've recently gotten into identifying if for folks who are familiar with the Mario franchise, <laughs> Wario is like Wario and Waluigi are obviously pretty much the opposites of Mario and Luigi. Mm. And so she has gotten into the idea of just like who is your Wario? Like, like Laura, who is the person who, like, is involved in your life but is just, like, so everything opposite about you? And, like, who is mine? Like, I just think that that's so funny. Like, it's just such a funny concept. But I digress because that's probably actually not a safe thing for us to talk about on the show. Yeah, no, I don't think it would necessarily be, like, a safe thing. (laughs) But hilarious. I can think of a couple people, though. Oh, yeah. I... I can't think of any for you. I mean, I probably can. Really? Mm, yes. I agree. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. But um, so, yeah, the 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 Wario costume was great. So that'll be fun to have Nick Felina come back for a game that's like not Rick Nash's jersey retirement. Yeah, and not his, like, return to Nationwide and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, applaud still, but, like, don't. And Nick, don't be no punk-ass bitch, because you know how you sometimes a punk-ass bitch. Don't be one. That is true. Sometimes he is a punk-ass bitch, and it makes me mad. But, <laughs> like, a punk-ass you know, bitch that I, I like think maybe he's been a little humbled since he did have to clear waivers maybe. Um, maybe. this season. But... Yeah, then on Sunday, the last game in the States before um, everyone heads to Finland is uh, New Jersey. So hopefully we can have a little. What? Massive. That game is massive to me. Like, I like, because I feel like as you like. Yeah, it's going to set the whole tone for that whole week. Well, as you compare, even like outside of that, like I think trajectory wise, right? And maybe we should get Neil on the show to talk about it. Like at some <laughs> We've point. talked about this so many times about having I Neil know. on the show. And oh, we God. love him so much. Like, honest to God, if you've only ever seen our Twitter interactions back and forth, it may not seem that way. But like we honest to well, God we love Neil. Shit, shit on Twitter. So much. Like he is the kindest person. 
and he loves what he does so much and it's like it's very inspiring to both of us um devil's state of mind if you haven't heard of his podcast before but so we're gonna hopefully have some friendly banter but no it is it's gonna set the tone for the entire like because that's going to be a long-ass flight to Finland for them if yeah. they get their ass beat by New Jersey. But that's, but I think the bigger thing, like not, I totally agree with you, but I think the other piece of it too, just from like a, a morale standpoint is like, I feel like we are kind of grouped with New Jersey in a lot of ways in the sense of like, having some struggles here, doing some things to try to rebuild, retool. And finally, like in theory, right, in these next two, three years, the teams like New Jersey and Columbus should be overtaking teams like Washington and Pittsburgh who are aging out. And then those teams are going to be hitting their stride around the same time. So we're kind of like, there's a little bit of an affinity, I think, not affinity, but like a grouping between those two teams. Mm. And so I think this is a good test of like, okay, like, where are these two teams at right now with each other? New Jersey's got a lot of great pieces. One of my favorite players in the NHL, very quietly, is Dawson Mercer. Like, I like Dawson Mercer a lot. I feel like I've talked about him on the show, like, when we've played them before. He's just so good, and he, like, I like Dawson Mercer a lot. And so, like, there are players like that, right? Like, obviously, like, you've got, like, in the next couple of years, you'll have, like, the Hughes brothers there, not only Jack, but then you'd also have Luke. The other right? one. Luke Little. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Um, and then, like, you've got, like, Jesper Brat is there. Like, it's just, like, they're really good. It's just, like, I don't know. They're, they they're also, also have, not hitting. They also have my former arch nemesis, Dougie Hamilton. Oh, you love Dougie Hamilton. I do love Dougie Hamilton. I really wanted Dougie Hamilton to be a Blue Jacket. I know you did. I'm really sorry. He's but not, they gave but... him a fat sack of cash in New Jersey. I mean, fat. Like... And a long term. Like, yeah. a long term. So I don't blame him, but I do yeah. love Dougie Hamilton. Yeah, there's some commitment there. But, but yeah, so this weekend, I think those games are really important. You got Friday against Boston, Sunday against New Jersey. And I... I think you return to Elvis on Friday, maybe. Like, I, like, would lean that way. Also would would love it if Corby questioned. Like, is, is that, like, a foregone conclusion? We did, like, get, if- we did get a little, a little Corby update this week, which is that he was in practice to, or was in practice yesterday, very recently, where he actually was practicing with the team as opposed to what he's been doing, which is basically practicing with the goalie coaches by himself in the ice house. So the fact that he can take like like physical play with the team, very good sign. Um, he himself, because I think, was it, I can't remember who interviewed him. It might have been... I don't think it was Dylan Tire, but I can't remember. Um, one of the, the CBJ faithful um, interviewed Corpy, and he said, "I'm hoping to like get in like a game if possible before they go to Finland." Like, mm-hmm. and so if he's ready, I mean, we could see Corpy make his season premiere or season debut. Um, 
over this this coming weekend too but i know i love corpy his personality is just so great and he is like itching itching to get back on the ice and so and they're gonna need to take all three of them to finland because lord knows like you just need three goaltenders (laughs) in this situation if he's not ready (laughs) I don't know. We'll we'll talk about that next week. Oh my god, if he's not ready, what do you do? Like, I think you do have to. I think that you uh, pulled you pulled Jet from Cleveland, and you 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 say, "Hey, buddy, you get to go on a nice little trip to Finland um, because we may need you." But yeah, you know what probably happens then? Um, no, what happens? Somebody who's waiver eligible would probably have to get sent down. That's true. Which, as um, of right now, would be Kent Johnson, right? Like, I mean, like, there's no other players that are waiver eligible right now that you would send down. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, Corby needs to be better. <laughs> well, but we are, I mean... Mm, yeah, Corby just needs to be better. They yeah, still haven't they still haven't activated off him off of IR yet. So Yeah, but so, yeah, that's true. I the issue there is like you could have probably like but you need here's the other thing too. They're gonna need to call up another defenseman. Also true. Because they called up Gavin. And I also Baylor. I don't know I don't know if this this counts now since the season has started for everyone. But when Nashville and who, Nashville and who was the other San Jose Mm -hmm. were in Europe for their games, there was a rule that they didn't have to abide by the cap space situation. Huh. But I don't know if that was because it was prior to when rosters needed to be turned in for like the remaining 30 teams that were in the United States or in North America. Um, But if that's the case, because it is a situation where like, obviously you can't just pull someone up from your AHL team. Like, because you're not going to fly, you're not going to fly them to, to Europe and expect them to be able to play. Like, I wonder if that comes into play as well, that maybe they're a little bit more lenient with these European series games because you don't have the ability to just pull someone up if need be. Right. I don't know. I'll have to, we'll have to do some digging. Maybe we can give you guys an answer to that question on social media because that's going to be a good one. But before I make you do all the plugs, I do want to say one thing. Yes. Phil motherfucking Kessel. Yeah. That. Exactly. It's the end of the sentence. Phil Kessel. Phil motherfucking Kessel. He becomes the NHL's uh, Iron Man. Sets the record. It's just. I love it. I love it so much. It's just so weird, but I'm happy for him. Oh, I cannot remember for the life of me who it was that was quoted saying this, but about how like Phil Kessel just did not like the taste of water. So he would drink blue Powerade and Coca-Cola in between periods. But Phil Kessel looks like he doesn't like the taste of water. 
like what does that mean <laughs> he's just like he looks like a, a guy that does not like the taste of water and doesn't believe that hydration is necessary like it just is astounding but also didn't when that happen didn't we find out that johnny is actually like in fourth third place with 300 games played and phil castle set the record tonight with 990 and 300 which was i believe i believe that was two nights ago i think it was the pittsburgh game that he was at mm-hmm. 300 so i guess 302 as you're listening to this now is third in the league <laughs> <laughs> Which is just absolutely bizarre. But yes, I, Phil Kessel. Uh, he's just, he is, he's mind altering. It, I love it. I could not be happier for him. Obviously, you know, oh, it's just so good. Yeah, beats Keith Yandel. And I cannot wait to see, because what is it? It's like, I think they said that Johnny Gaudreau would have to play another, like even if he played through the rest of his contract with the Blue Jackets and didn't miss a single game, he would be he still wouldn't be close. Yeah, because it's only it's only regular season games that they count, right? They don't count. I think that's true. Playoffs, um, yeah, because I mean you only play eighty two games a season typically. Um, yeah, no, he definitely wouldn't. He wouldn't be close. He'd have to play like another decade, at least, sit straight. Like, like he and Meredith, if they have any more children, are gonna have to like strategically have them in the off season, or he's gonna have to be like not a present dad at birth. Like, or alternatively, he can go out and play in the first period and then get flown out on a private jet to the airport or to the hospital the same way that Phil Kessel was last year. So his streak didn't end. That's true. That is true. That's an understanding wife. That is an understanding wife for sure. But Oh, my God. Yeah. Phil, Phil Kessel also scored his 400th goal tonight. Aw. <laughs> Good a for him. Nice what a fucking night. Uh, so I think, Laura, is there anything else that was on your radar? I just have one more thing. Um, even though he refuses to follow us on Twitter, I do want to show our support. I always tell people that he's the Blue Dragon's second best mascot. <laughs> um, I do want to show our support for our favorite bug, uh, Stinger. Um, as he has been nominated um, for the Mascot Major League Greatest Community Impact Award. Um, and you can vote for him daily um, until November 12th. The Blue Jackets have all the information up on their socials. but um, And he is also up against uh, the Dallas um, mascot again, similarly to like in the summer when we did the Ducks situation. Um, but no, I think that is awesome. I think that is something for, you know, yes, it's, it's a, it's a mascot thing, but like, I think it's great that we continue as a, as a franchise to be recognized for our efforts in the community and, you know, Stinger really does and is a part of a lot of great things in this, in this city and in central Ohio in general. So go vote for our bug. And maybe encourage him to follow us back on Twitter. Without a doubt. 
let him know where he can follow us on Twitter, Laura. Absolutely. You can follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at subjectively pod. You can follow us on Facebook at subjectively speaking. Uh, if you would like to check out our um, super cool website slash get all the links to all the things that I'm talking to you about right now, uh, you can go to subjectively If you would like to support your two favorite hockey podcasters and get some super sweet merch in return, you can check out our merch site, subjectivelymerch.com. Uh, it currently has our Here's Johnny and our standard uh, podcast logo as options for all the things that you can get. And at some point, probably over like Christmas or maybe Thanksgiving <laughs> break, we'll put up our other designs that are equally as beautiful and wonderful and maybe a couple of new things, um, of course, courtesy of our incredible graphic designer, Stephen Kanicki. And lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, um, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. And again, we don't know how the algorithm works, but ratings, stars, comments, subscriptions, um, all those sorts of things help us get noticed in the hockey podcast charts um, and helps us to build this little community of ours. So we just appreciate you guys so much. That we do. And hopefully the next time we talk to you all, it'll be back on Tuesday next week. So get excited. You don't have to worry about waiting until Wednesday or whatever have you. You'll have an episode from us on Tuesday. You're welcome. But until then, make sure you take care of yourselves. Make sure you really, really, really pull for the jackets on Friday and Sunday. Uh, especially if you're going to the game on Friday, make some Make some fucking noise. Have some fun. Enjoy it. And we will catch you all next Tuesday. Take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. And we'll talk to you then. Bye.